The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we've got epic performances in Brooklyn. Somebody put on the show. Oh, my gosh. A dangerous man out there walking. Oof. And, and huge news out there in Phoenix and L.A. Just something about that West Coast. But, Darlene, you got to wait this week. Monica, we have a, um, a COVID problem in I- L.A.? Dude, in Phoenix, but like I'm in Phoenix, my bad. I'm tripping in Phoenix. So we're recording this pod on Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I sat in on first take, and we are preparing for the show. It's now inside the nine o'clock hour. The producer calls me and is like, "Hey, have you seen this?" I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? CP3 has COVID, or is in COVID protocol? Clarify. We don't know if he actually has COVID, but he's in COVID protocol." I'm like, "What?" But then. Not even 20 minutes later. Uh, We got more. Did you see this? Kawhi Leonard is going to miss game five. What? Like, what is going on? Man, I woke up to that news. Honestly, I saw something on Instagram. You know, you really can't get your your, your news from Instagram because it's either hit or miss. But (laughs) I saw somewhere that says CP3 actually has COVID. So I don't know if that's actually been proved, but it said that he has COVID. Don't quote me. I ain't said I saw this on my Instagram feed. So I'm not for sure, 100%. However, if he does, <laughs> look, you know, I always gotta go to the comment section. <laughs> Man, the first comment oh, I saw. Get his news from the comment section on Instagram, but go ahead. The first comment I saw this, it said, uh, Jesus doesn't want Chris Paul to win a ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, like, of course the first thought was, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. The first thought was like, dang, the Clippers, I mean, the Suns need him. Then it was like, dang, Chris Paul can't ever get right. And then it was like, dang, he might have COVID. Like he needs to be healthy. So by the time I got to television, I changed the order and said, yeah. first and foremost, his health as an individual, as just the other day, I heard our president talking and we're still losing people to this disease. So it's nothing to be taken lightly. Hopefully though, he doesn't actually have it. And if he does, He's asymptomatic. It was reported that he's been vaccinated. So hopefully the vaccine does what it's supposed to do to help mitigate the effects of the virus. But then we got to talk about the basketball part. This was the year that I personally know that I was celebrating. We finally are getting Chris Paul healthy deep into the playoffs. And here we go. But I mean, to be honest, I really don't think people should panic. I mean, because, or Suns fans should panic. Because if you think about it, it's only game four. I mean, game five is tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. Game five is tonight. And the game is probably going to seven. I mean, to be honest, at most, if I would just, you know, go out top of the dome, I think he might miss maybe, what, two games? Um, and depending on who they play, so I think. you are? Maybe, like, two two games, Bruce? How, Bruce, how, how many think he'll miss? Like, like, maybe. Are we now talking about Kawhi Leonard now? No, because, we're talking about CP3, still CP. Well, CP series is over, so he doesn't have any more games until the conference finals. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't think I don't think that Phoenix fans should worry because I think he'll probably only miss, like, let's say the this series goes into seven, which I think it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Kawhi's health. Then go to seven. But if it goes to seven, I think that CP could probably miss the total of maybe like two at most, probably three games. Three games yeah. in a three-game series is a lot, though, King. Yeah, I got yeah. missing one at most without yeah. it being a huge deal. I mean, we really don't know what his, you know, I mean, you said that, you know, he appears to have been vaccinated, which makes sense. I mean, I, I can't imagine CP3 would not be vaccinated, but you don't know. I mean, you know, you, just, you don't know for he, sure. He, he is vaccinated. He got vaccinated. Right. Okay. All right. So he's definitely vaccinated. The, the protocol has different amounts of time you have to miss depending on if you're vaccinated or not. So it sounds like whatever it is, he'll miss, hopefully, the minimum amount of time. But, you know, between the CP3 situation and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he might miss the whole rest of that series against Utah. I mean, there's only three more games. So if you think about it, Utah benefits from both of those things. They benefit if Kawhi can't play because then they're going to win that series, right? And they also benefit if CP3 misses the beginning of the conference finals because that's their next opponent. So mm -hmm. it's like somebody up in Utah has got like a voodoo doll that they've been sticking pins in, I think. Okay. Now, in a year where we're seeing guys come back from injuries, some prematurely and unable to function, Anthony Davis, others able to shake it off, Chris Paul, some fortunate to have an elite teammate that could carry him, even though he was on there looking kind of crazy, but I guess it was a good for team morale, James Harden. Do you think that Kawhi looks to play through this if it isn't something that takes him completely out? If it's me, yeah, I'm I'm playing through it. I mean, I might sit tonight's game out, game five, which I do think I, I don't think that the, the Clippers are out this series. I think that adjustment they did by starting uh, Marcus Morris at the four, I'm mean, at the five. I think that was a, a huge adjustment and just completely changed the game. Um, so I I, I don't think they're gonna out this they're out this series without Kawhi because they still have PG. However, PG is going to have to be that PG that we know, Indiana Pacers, Paul George, if they want to win this series, uh, if they want to win this game without Kawhi. So if he's not part, uh, Indiana Pacers, Paul George, I don't see it happening, but I, I wouldn't count him out. PG's been awesome in the last few games. He really has, um, I wasn't always a great fan of him in the postseason because it seemed like sometimes he sort of would kind of come up a little bit small. But he has done exactly the opposite in this series. He's played, I think, some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play. And I hope for him that if he has to step up and, you know, and be Batman instead of Robin, uh, I hope he does it because really he seems like a great guy. He's got a lot of courage. He came back from like one of the worst injuries ever. And I want to root for him to, to come up big and hopefully he will. Well, y'all are better than me because I have joined our friend of the program, Kendrick Perkins, in it is what it is. And that's where I just put PG. Not that he doesn't have the capability and not that he hasn't been scoring the basketball really well in this, in this series. But to me, the missing link is not about the physical part of the game when I look at the Clippers. It's up here. It's mental. It's attitude. It's grit. And I would be leaning on... Pat Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris to give me that intensity in the moment. So listen, Paul George should be the head of the snake in Kawhi Leonard's absence, but it is to me almost as vital, if not more vital, that the role players bring an energy and a grittiness that gives this Clippers squad some identity because they just be real laissez-faire in my mind. <laughs> I'll agree with that.
They do, but I mean, I, I think that's why you got guys like Rondo and 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 Patrick Bev, Patrick Beverly to sit up there and give them that toughness and the grittiness. I mean, that's what they do. And Marcus Morris is a dog too, so I think they could do it. I'm not counting them out. Uh, I had a bet saying Clippers are going to win the series with Kawhi. I mean, I don't know with the Kawhi being out. I don't know if I still put my money there, but I'm not counting them guys out. And I think that they have a great chance or a good chance to beat the Jazz. Game five, Wednesday night, we're going to find out. Next week on the pod, we will uh, recap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that. Darlene, there's more to get to. Now, please, do the honors. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three-in-transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former 3 and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Thanks, Darlene. All right, so this week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we are engrossed, happily engrossed, in the NBA playoffs. We've got some series that have taken a turn, some series that have gotten tied, so much going on. All right, as we mentioned, we're recording this pod on Wednesday, which means we are the day after an epic performance from Kevin Durant. A masterpiece, 49, 17, and 10 in a game that the Nets had to have as they were staring, going down 3-2, heading back to Milwaukee's in the face. Uh, shout out to Kevin Durant, Prince George's County dude. Also. Prince George's County, big love and Hoya love to my guy, Jeff Green, who had 27, was buckets from three. Also, Bruce, mark this moment in the pod. Jeff owes me a guest appearance and I'm cashing in. I'm telling Big Pat, I'm telling JT3, I'm ganging up on him. He better come through an off season. Anyway, uh, all right, so here's the question, King. Let's, let's, let me give you this first take question that they gave us in our prep meeting. Is this game more about KD showing up or Giannis falling apart? I think if we say we talk more about Giannis falling apart, then we just go away from the greatness that we witnessed. Okay. So I have to say it's more about KD showing up. I mean, what KD did last night is not, it's not normal. It's not human. Right? He's a seven footer acting like he's six, two, six, acting like he's Steph Curry pulling up in people's faces. It's crazy. The amount of contested shots that KD makes, right? Every shot he shoots is always contested. But just his ability to find people, not only did he score, I think I saw an element in his game that I really, we really don't see it, really don't talk about that much. His ability to pass. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was very impressive, uh, super impressive, especially that might've been one of the few times, you know, a lot of times people talk about how uh, KD has been carried his whole career. Like when he was with Steph, when he won the championships or with Clay and all and, and Draymond. But last night, he didn't have anybody. It was James Harden was yeah, one legged James Harden. He had a one leg James Harden, and he was playing with Bruce Brown, and you got Jeff Green. And My boy, damn it! Like, come on now, KD just put the team on his back and said, "Hey, I'm taking this home." And that right there gained a lot of respect, like for sure. That's great. 100. So, Bruce, here's the thing: as I was watching, I agree with you, King. I was like, okay, I see you, KD, the setup man. Like, I knew you was a scorer, but I see you as a setup man. I was thinking about the roster. Landry Shamit was on that Clippers team that came up short of the Western Conference Finals or was, 
in the Western Conference? I can't remember. Anyway, he's got big time basket playoff experience, right? Jeff Green is an NBA champion, folks. Like, I think people forget that. Um, And so you had those two guys in particular that have a a little bit of know-how in the moment. And you saw them, Jeff in particular, but Landry hit a couple of big baskets down the stretch too. Um, Running alongside KD, who's got to be easy money sniper, like the most prolific scorer in the game right now at his size and his skill set. After... Yeah, after after Kyrie went down and after Harden was out, I said on one of our other podcasts a couple of days ago, if KD can somehow or another drag this team past Milwaukee, it might be the best basketball he's played in his career. That game last night or that game on uh, Tuesday night, I have never seen anything like that. I mean, it was just like it, the, and, and Jeff Green just blew my doors off last night i mean he was what like seven for seven shooting threes something just ridiculous he's been in the league for like a thousand years best game of his career i mean i never saw jeff green better than he was on on tuesday night so yeah i mean i think adam silver must have been very very happy watching that game last night because if brooklyn makes it into the finals that is going to be very good for the tv ratings you you know i don't know that you want i don't know that you want a milwaukee phoenix in the finals here's a question though y'all moving forward kd's legendary performance goes down in the record books it's a moment us fans will be talking about forever but it's still a 3-2 series going back to milwaukee yeah who has the edge moving forward um, for me, I mean, I have to say, Katie's gonna have to keep it rolling. I mean, I, you, this is if I'm the net. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping you get James Harden back to. You're not gonna get him back to normal because you know how injuries are and how long they linger, um, and it takes a while to get the rust off. So he's not gonna be back to normal. But if James Harden can take just a little bit of the pressure off of KD, they can just do a little bit of something, just be the little bit of the James Harden that we're used to seeing. Man, I, I think you got to give it to the Nets. I mean, that that win down 16, that win right there is a momentum swing. It's, just, it's a big momentum win. So you're going to Milwaukee super confident. Um, so I got to go with the Nets uh, in, the, in this next game. Milwaukee, I think Charles Barkley at halftime last night, you know, Milwaukee was up 16. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's like, they are the stupidest team. He was just, he was ripping into them because he said they don't, they don't play the right way. They don't, they make stupid decisions there. And, and, and it was sort of like, well, yeah, okay. You know, they're up 16, right? He turned out to be absolutely right. I got a question from Mike Budenholzer. Last time I checked, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a defensive player of the year winner. Maybe, maybe at least once more than that. He's also six foot 10, six foot. Why wasn't he on KD? Excuse me. Excuse me. So here's my one issue. And King, I think you can relate to this. When it comes crunch time and I'm that dude or that chick, that's not even a conversation I need to get from my head coach. Like post game, Giannis, sure you were complimentary. Yes, he's really good. And you were supposed to be catching all them jumpers right in your jaw. Like Mm. you didn't want no part of that. And so for me, Again, Perk was on KJZ with us last week, I guess. Oh, no, not even Perk. It was Bruce Bowen who came through on, I was filling in for Chine on Chine Golic. And he pointed out that Giannis's skill set is Giannis's skill set. Can't shoot free throws, 
Never going to be a consistent jump shooter. Not never, but currently is not a consistent jump shooter. Wants to power you into the basket. It feels like the same applies to his defensive skill set. He gets to hang back in the paint, protect the rim. Every now and again, he's going to hard hedge out on the screen, get into a passing lane. But in terms of drawing this assignment, even wanting a piece of it, we saw James Harden wave him off, wave off the defender while he was guarding Giannis, and Giannis settles for its turnaround fadeaway. That, to me, that mentality infiltrated his entire game, both offensively and defensively, and he didn't want no parts of it. And this is where, this is where we're about to get to this conversation. We have to stop giving people the label of a superstar that mm. do not deserve the label of superstar that ain't proved nothing yet. Because Giannis Antetokounmpo, his skill set is so limited, you cannot win with Giannis Antetokounmpo being your best player. I had this, I've been having this argument with my nephews and my brother for the past three days, and they, they think you can't. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that when you look at the team, the, the team, the way that the Bucks are, they literally put a whole bunch of shooters around Giannis, right? But he cannot create. He cannot score because they pack the paint. If he's not in transition and you make the game a half-court game, it's a wrap for Giannis. He struggles. And we saw that last night. Giannis cannot be in the superstar category or anybody cannot be in the superstar category until I can say last two minutes of the game, take me home. Matter of fact, fourth quarter, take me home, put me on your back, carry me. If you can't do that, then you should not be a superstar. Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot do that, and he is not a superstar. Take him out that category, please. You know, at the end, remember remember the pocket pass that, that Chris Middleton slipped to him right under the bucket? Couldn't yeah. it's a good pass. It was the pass couldn't Deer catch it. In headlights. Deer in headlights. That ball should have been a dunk tie game overtime at best. It was very disappointing to see that. It was like you're that, right, deer in the headlights. I love that's interesting. I think what this is gonna create though is subcategories of like closers and superstars. Cause how are we gonna say a two-time MVP? It's not a superstar. For me, I don't I don't care about you being okay. an MVP. For me, superstars win. Like I think when I think superstars for the big, the biggest thing for me is you have to win. Like you can be MVP, that's an individual accolade, right? But if you can't get your team to win, I don't think you're a superstar. Like I people might disagree. I think Perk, me and Perk, Perk was on here, we kind of uh, disagreed about that a little bit. But I think if you can't win, then you're not a superstar. Right? I, I, that that's just you might go down as a Hall of Famer. So where so where is Dame then in that conversation? Mm. <laughs> right because dame now now dame is a closer i'm fourth quarter give me dame i'm good i got you but he also i mean technically we're gonna go dame Giannis. they've been to what Giannis has gotten around further in the playoffs maybe mm. so my thing with dame is uh, you're um I, I don't think I think Dame was just super loyal. Like for me, like his loyalty. He's a superstar or not? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, I think that Dame can be your best player, and you can win around Dame. You just gotta put, you just gotta put the right pieces around Dame in order to to to, to do that. Because when you look at his teams, I don't think his teams have been that good. But he gets me to the playoffs at least. You know what I'm saying? So like, I mean the. I, I think he needs more pieces. I think he need, they need to give it to C.J. McCollum. They got to give it to C.J. McCollum. And so put the, fir the first part of your definition in terms of a guy that can take me home, Dame is that dude. Like, yeah. the regular season awards and the playoff record may not bear that out, but we know that Dame is that dude. Mm -hmm. I, I just think he needs more pieces around him. Like, however, 
I think that if Dame had as much help as Giannis has right now, Dame would definitely, we see Dame winning. We'd see Dame in the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. We would see him get a little bit further because Giannis has a squad. Like, like, don't act like Giannis playing with a bunch of bums. Like, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, even though he'd be tripping sometimes, those dudes can't hoop. Chris Middleton was just an all-star uh, last season. So these guys can hoop. And then you have Brooke Lopez, who once was, you know, that guy. I mean, maybe not no more, but he once was that guy. He got some dudes on the team that can really play. And they can all shoot the ball and spread the floor. So for me, Giannis going to have to be somebody's uh, Robin and not Batman if he ever wants to win a ring. I am so down on Brooke Lopez right now. <laughs> what is he... I mean, who does he think he is? Kristaps Porzingis standing out there 30 feet from the hoop doing nothing. It's like when he goes low and he gets the ball in the paint, he can actually score down there. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter. Don't get me wrong. He made some nice ones. But it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, for some reason, he he should be a little bit closer to the hoop occasionally. But I put some of that on the coach, too. I'm not blaming him. It's the coach. That's coaching. It's the coach, because if you look at both of their bigs, when you look at him and Bobby Portis, they both step out and shoot threes. I mean, that, that's just their game, because you cannot put a traditional five with Giannis. Then, mm-hmm. then, then there's no space created on the court. So you've got to put a five out there that can stretch the floor a little bit just to be able to get, give Giannis some driving lanes. But shoot, that still don't even work, because the dude has no bag. Like, I seen it on TikTok. Like, people were literally clipping his highlights of him trying to ISO, and it looks so bad. Like it was horrible. horrible. When, when, when you're in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, right? When the when the pace starts to slow down a little bit and the possessions last longer, somebody like Brooke Lopez just standing out there 30 feet from the hoop doing nothing. You don't even have to really, I don't know. It just it just bothers me. There's something I'm not saying he puts him down low all the time because you're absolutely right. He can't play in the paint with Giannis. It wouldn't work. Okay. But geez, you know. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed just wrong to me. And believe me, if Brooklyn wins game six, Mike Budenholzer is putting his house on the market the next day because he's going to be gone. Wait, 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 wait. But look, here's here's my question to both of y'all. If they lose this series, if the Bucks lose this series, are you looking more so to bring somebody in that can be the Batman? If you're the coach, would you want to bring somebody in that can be Batman? Or would you fire Mike Budenholzer? Well, they're you gonna be pretty careful. You just paid Drew Holiday. You got your your roster. Budenholzer's out. Like your roster's pretty much set. What money do they have left? They don't. That's the thing. I mean, Drew's okay. gonna be around 40. Giannis but is gonna be around 40. Middleton's making big money. I mean, they 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 bet it all when they made that deal. And they also got rid of a million draft picks when they traded for Drew Holiday, too. So the, the future is now for them. It's going to be on Budenholzer. But would you make changes, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you were the GM, not what they're going to do. If you, if y'all were the GM, would you make changes to the roster? I don't know what flexibility they have to do it. Exactly. I'm with Bruce. I, I guess that makes sense. I, I did see a tweet that said Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to forever regret signing back with the Bucks Because when he could have went to Dallas, he could have went to Miami, and would have been way more successful. Probably had he, had he gone to Dallas, we'd probably see Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. Yannick Luca? Ooh. Yeah, maybe right. maybe, sure. maybe Giannis belongs in Boston. We'll give him either Jalen or Jason and Marcus Smart. What do you maybe, think? 
Maybe Giannis belongs in the gym, expanding his Ooh. basketball skill set. Like that's what this comes down to. Anyway, uh, that's not the only series we got left. <laughs> we need to get it is a series. We literally can talk this entire series for our entire pod. But let's go to uh, game five. Clippers without Kawhi and Utah Jazz, who kind of taking a little shellacking these last two games. Game four, they were within striking distance. Mm, tough strike, but with, with two and a half minutes to go in the ball game, you could see a possible scenario in which they might be able to send this thing in overtime. They ultimately didn't. The thing that's been crazy to me watching this one, though, guys, is that the Jazz have not necessarily shot the ball poorly in these last two games. They just, the only dude that can boogie for real is Donovan, maybe a little bit of Jordan Clarkson, but not too much, and Mike Conley, and Mike Conley's not playing. Like, the Clippers got them locked up. Time out. Jordan Clarkson is nasty. Don't disrespect Jordan Clarkson. Has Jordan Clarkson gone off the bounce to carry this team? Don't disrespect Jordan Clarkson. He's filthy. Then tell him to get filthy and find the gaps in this Clippers defense because he's not getting to the paint and scoring. Like, help me. Help me. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think right now the only person that looks like they can actually create again, get a bucket, is Donovan. But Jordan Clarkson is absolutely filthy. Okay, Uh, let me let me preface. In the last two games, the filthy side of Jordan Clarkson has not shown up. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Which is why, which is why I really think that the Clippers without Kawhi have a chance because I do not think like I mean I think the Jazz are a great team. I think at the end of the day, like when it comes down to it, who can go get a bucket is what the name of the game is. Crunch time, who can get a bucket? Superstars will be superstars. I don't think the Jazz, like you said, I don't think they have enough. They just have Donovan Mitchell. So I think that'll be interesting to see. Like who who can step up and 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 get a get a bucket when they need it. I see Utah handling those guys if if Kawhi's done. I just mm. think it's too much to overcome. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we never talk about Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert could have a 20 and 20 game, you know, in him too, you know. And uh, you know, they're not gonna get a whole lot inside with him roaming around the paint there. So it's they're gonna have to make a lot of tough shots to beat those guys. But I think I think they pulled him out. Yeah, I think that's what made the guy that's what got them the past two wins though, because they pulled him out to make him go uh guard. Marcus Morris and Nicholas Batum on the perimeter in the corner, and they can both shoot. So it's like now you eliminate the rim protector, so you create the driving lane, which is why PG is getting to the cup, cooking my dude uh, Royce O'Neal. Shout out to Royce, but you know one thing about Royce, he never gives up. He keeps trying. <laughs> I think you're. I think you guys aren't aren't worried enough about the fact that Kawhi's not playing. I mean, that is the engine on that team. No, I'm with you, Bruce. That's king on Iron I mean, I, you You're right, but still, like, you still, like, if it was Kawhi and no PG, then, like, yeah, I'm like, you know what, no. But I think, part, I mean, the way Paul George's been playing, I think he could turn them to the next level. And I mean, we ain't, we haven't seen it, but I think Paul George has the capabilities of, of being that Indiana Paul George and going well, crazy. Well, you said it. We ain't seen it. I don't have confidence in it until I see it. I believe it when I see it. But let's get to one other series. Let's go back east. Uh, Atlanta and Sixers. Listen, being up close and personal to the Hawks dismantling the Knicks, I was like, hmm, this series could easily go six or seven because the Hawks have length 
They have shooting. Trey Young is a pain in the butt, but he's also very effective. And the uh, 76ers giving up an 18-point lead at one point in that ballgame and then losing. Everybody in the 76ers camp admits that they blew that ballgame. But now I feel like Atlanta's playing with confidence. And even if the 76ers come out with a big-time first punch in the first half of this ball of the next ballgame, they're not going to give up. Ex- that part. <laughs> like they don't think they're ever out of it now. Yeah. Hey, you know who is super good that nobody talks about? Bogdanovich from Atlanta. I have talked plenty about him as he gave the Knicks all the buckets they can handle. <laughs> that dude right there, I didn't really, I haven't really started watching him to the playoffs, but that dude right there, it was an amazing pickup. Like, I, he is legit like that. Like, when you see the term like that, he is like that. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> edit this out <laughs> or not <laughs> remember when it was suggested that he was going to milwaukee like Giannis wanted him yes i didn't get it then i didn't get it then get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yes that yes <laughs> that would have been amazing that would have been perfect because dual gets buckets i mean him and trey young are such an underrated backcourt I, I, those guys can really shoot the ball. They can really fill it up. They can make good decisions. Then you add Lemon Pepper Lou off the bench. More and more buckets. I mean, I, I love Atlanta. I love their squad. But I got to say, this is a side note. Shout out to with seven coaches left, four out of the seven being African-American coaches. Shout out to these men doing what they're doing. And we got two in this series, Damian Millen and Doc Rivers. So shout out to the African-American coaches for sure. Um, but no, nah, I, I like this. Uh, four black coaches. Three out of the four are former players, right? Nate, Doc, uh, Monty. All, all, all four. All four. Oh, Ty. Ty. Oh, Monty. I didn't realize Monty was a player. My bad. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. He, was a, he was a first-round draft pick of the New York Knicks. How disrespectful, Monica. Listen, let me tell y'all the whole truth on my upbringing. In 1996, I was watching the WNBA. I didn't watch the NBA until, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I never I never seen Monty Williams play. I just know he played because my high school coach played with him in Notre Dame. Tell me I'm crazy when I make this statement. Uh-oh. Trey Young is like a combination of CP3 with a little bit of Allen Iverson thrown in. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like it's a little too much of a compliment. I don't know that Trey says. Mm, I have to look at the numbers. Does Trey set the table the way that those guys did? He's a pace setter. He is that. I, mean, I, I can see what you mean, but like, wait, he's got you, the swag. He's got big time swag. CP three to me is just like an absolute dog. Like, oh just gonna, gonna win. Gonna gonna lock up on the defensive end. He's gonna get his teammates involved. And do whatever it takes to win. I don't know if Trey is going to do whatever it takes to win. Like he's going to score and find. Um, there were moments in Game Four where I was like, "Oh, look at Trey playing some defense. Oh, look at that. Look at a little defense out of Trey." But, I just like for you, to, for you to like acknowledge when he does play defense means that he normally doesn't, <laughs> which is why I can't like you know the CP3 comparison. I don't know if I can really get with that. Yeah, I watch- he had 18 assists in the last game, plus 25 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, to be fair, not that the lob is an easy play to make, but some of his assists, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just work that pick and roll. Like, that's a beast. Hey, no, Trey, Trey can really pass. I saw that in college. We played him my junior year. Dude can find people. Like, it's crazy, like, some of the passes he makes. Dude can really, really find people. So, uh, 
Okay, speaking of Trey Young and Chris Paul, and even Allen Iverson, shout out to AI, the answer three, Hoya for life. Um, I know you guys have seen this week that there is new, a proposed uh, rule change that would allow officials to make calls on unnatural shooting motions. Wait, what? So basically they want to stop guys from being able to pump fake and lean in or a double pump and to draw fouls. Like they, they, they want to be able to call that. Now it's not clear if that will be called an offensive foul or it's just deemed a no call moving forward. Trey Young coming off the screen, stopping short, getting guys stuck in jail, like that kind of thing. They want to take it out. I hate it personally. But that's basketball. Like, exactly. I mean, like, look, if, if I come off a ball screen and I put you in jail and you run me over, that's not my fault. Don't run me over. Control your momentum. Like, that's just smart. That's just playing the game. I mean, like, the whole, like, Trey Young, like, flopping and stuff, I don't really agree with the flopping. I think that's kind of soft. But, like, if you get ran over when you put somebody in jail, that is a foul. I don't care how you look at it. And the, the pump fake. And you lean into the defender. That's super annoying as a basketball player. But I mean, at the end of the day, like stay on your feet. Don't, don't jump. The <laughs> my issue though, Bruce, is that I think it's gonna be entirely too subjective and just open up a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, you know, there's definitely that. But you know, some of the things that 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 are that have become sort of like it's an automatic call, you know, certain things like that that flagrant on Jokic the other night when he mm-hmm. swiped down on the ball. That's now become like an automatic call when you make contact with somebody's head, like in, and, mm-hmm. and you're supposedly winding up. But mm-hmm. I didn't really, I wish there had been a little room for discretion there. I mean, Denver wasn't winning that series. Okay. So it's not like it was the end of the world, you know, as far as deciding the series, but I mean that these things that are now sort of like, well, that's how the rule says, that's how you got to call it. And it sort of takes a little something away. You know, there's no gray area on a lot of stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Well, guys, um, last thing on NBA, LeBron's rant. Mm. Basically, Mm. the rant is injuries are a byproduct of this condensed season between the bubble and the quick turnaround. Lots of folks that cover the league will tell you that players were under the impression that they were starting around MLK Day in January, and obviously we know that the league started the season up prior to that. And now literally throw a coin in the direction of your favorite star on a playoff team. There's probably an injury somewhere and it sucks. But I don't like, from what I understand, Bruce and correct me if I'm wrong, this was part of, it was negotiated. This was the way to retain the most possible revenue. So everybody got on board. Everybody wanted to make the money um, and everybody was sort of involved in the decision, as you said, but it was still a crappy decision because mm. this is the, this is the result of it. And LeBron is correct. I believe. So I'm going to just go ahead and say this. This <laughs> is just another example of um, people valuing money over humans. And drop the mic. <laughs> it's it is a business, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is a oh, business indeed. 
All right, before we hop out of this week's episode, uh, you know I got to check in and show love for my WMBA. I got on this great Cheryl Swoops shirt. Shout out to No Disrespect. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, buy their stuff. He's awesome. Uh, WMBA All-Star is coming up. It will be in Vegas July 14th. And this year, new format change. Team USA, WNBA players who will compete for the U.S. Women's National Olympic Team, will play Team WNBA. 50% fan voting, 25% player vote, 25% media vote. The top 36 players who get voted in, the remainder of those players who are not on the Olympic team, the coaches will select who will play for Team WNBA. We're going to have a great all-star event with lots of energy and vibrancy surrounding it. And so I'm really excited to see what this looks like. I can't wait, guys. But I think the WBA gets so creative with some of the stuff that they they try to do, like as far as it's to make the game more entertaining and get more fans and viewership. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great idea. I'm definitely going to watch it for sure. That and like the, what, what you call it, the, the Commissioner's <laughs> Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think that, that stuff is just super dope. And I, I love to see it. That, who is who's the commissioner? Who's the who's the Kathy Engelberg? Kathy Engelberg, yeah. I, I think she does an amazing job. So shout out to, to Kathy because she's doing the thing over there for sure. Definitely. Uh names you should know in the WNBA that maybe aren't as marketed, but are having beast seasons. Benajelani out of Rutgers plays for the New York Liberty. It's not just Sabrina, folks. Benaj is having a great year. Connecticut Sun, John Quell Jones, beast mode. Okay, we've had John Quell on the pod, product of the DMV area by way oh, of. Hey, hey Monica, is that is that the girl who got into the beef with Scarlett with Scarlett Diggins? No, that's Jasmine Jones. She's a second year player at, <laughs> at New York Liberty. Not quite on Scarlett's level, but I appreciate her. You know what I'm saying? Represent for her teammate. Ultimately. Hey King, when you were in college, did you, did you ever play against Buddy Heald? Yeah. They're Buddy like Heald a- and Jonquil Jones are like best pals from the Bahamas. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 lost, we lost both games. To Buddy she's, the, she's the MVP, by the way, I think, at the at this point of the at season. At this point, yeah. That's yeah. hard. It's hard to argue that. She's having a great year. I I didn't realize how much we missed her from taking the year away due to COVID last year. She was in the Bahamas with her family, you know, making the best of life there. Um, I remember when they had that horrible storm. Remember, she was doing the show with us the day that that horrible horror. And she was like describing like, oh, yeah, the roof of my friend's house got blown off. And I mean, she raised a bunch of money to help people down there. I mean, she's good people. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's a killer ball player as well uh, and having a great year and representing DMV so proud. But that's going to do it for this show, y'all. Wait. Wait. Because got to show love to Monica. Doing the Olympics. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look, this woman right here is so big time. When I first met her, she wasn't doing nothing. She was just doing ESPN and chilling. Now this woman is on first take. She's on the radio. And she's doing the Olympics big time, just blowing up in our face, Bruce. We getting a little too small for Monica. So um, we got to enjoy our days with her while we have them, Bruce. King, King, it's Monica's world. We're just getting to live in it. That's all. That's all. Right. I'm hope, uh, hoping some of that greatness kind of sprinkles down to us. You know what I'm saying? Well, thank you both. I really was like, wait, what are we waiting for? I didn't know that was coming. Y'all know y'all my peoples for real. So we're going to keep bucket boys and box rolling. <laughs> we love you, queen. <laughs> that was 
dope. Thank you to our producer, Bruce, for playing two positions this week, producer and part of our three-man weave. Thanks to our terrific editor, Kristen Woolley. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features NFL insider Adam Schefter of ESPN with some great stories about his NBA passion and his Michigan Wolverine memories. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Bruce filling in for Otto has NBA draft expert Adam Stanko, oh, Adam, discussing some of the top prospects as the combine approaches. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And King and myself are back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. So listen, as we saw with Chris Paul, he got the shot, but still ended up in COVID protocol. So with that, two things. Number one, go get the shot, please. Number two, if you do get the shot, please be careful because you want to protect yourself and protect people around you because there are still people out here uh, passing away. So this is still a serious thing. However, if you like Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating because it would mean a lot to everybody here. Until we meet again in Monica, Miss Olympics, Miss Do It All, Miss I can feel multiple positions please do the honors enjoy your hoops buckets boards and blocks with monica mcnutt and king mcclure is a presentation of pure hoops media